Hi, I'm Daryl Cagle, and this is the Cagle Cast. We're all about political cartoons, and today our Cagle Cast is about Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, who's recently been embroiled in ethics scandals about very expensive vacations and undisclosed gifts and purchases of property made and paid for by his friend, billionaire real estate developer Harlan Crow, which has led to speculation that Thomas has been selling his votes on the court. We remember Thomas's confirmation hearings decades ago where he was accused of sexually harassing Anita Hill. And Thomas's wife, Ginny, has also been controversial as a conservative activist and conspiracy theory believer who lobbied the White House and state legislators to overturn the presidential election, turning the election over to Vice President Mike Pence to decide on January 6th. And thank goodness that didn't happen. We've got a bunch of great cartoonists today. From Maine, we have R.J. Matson, who's the cartoonist for Roll Call in Washington, D.C. for over 30 years. For many years, R.J. was the cartoonist for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. He's been a cartoonist for the New York Observer, the New Yorker, Mad Magazine, and he's won lots of awards. From Florida, we have Taylor Jones, who's been drawing cartoons for decades for the Hoover Digest. For many years, he was the cartoonist for El Nuevo Dia in uh, Puerto Rico and for U.S. News and World Report. And he has a butterfly garden in his front yard and his backyard entirely surrounding him. Monty Wolverton from Washington State draws wonderful, quirky, liberal cartoons that we syndicate everywhere. Monty's doing a crowdfunding campaign now at kegel.com slash Wolverton. Please take a look. It's tough to make a living in editorial cartoons with newspapers dying, so the support of fans can make all the difference in keeping artists like Monty drawing. And you can make a difference. Please visit kegel.com slash Wolverton. And Ed Wexler in Los Angeles. Ed was a creative director at Disney for 30 years. He's a regular cartoonist for U.S. News and World Report also. And he drew the star-studded caricature covers for the Hollywood Reporter's Emmy and Academy Awards issues for many years. Everyone, welcome. Let's start it off with one by Ed. Ed, this is a great cartoon. This is Justice Thomas and wife Ginny, and they're drinking champagne. And Justice Thomas says, thanks for the personal hospitality. And we draw out to see that they're on a big fancy yacht. And Thomas says, but I prefer RV parks and Walmart parking lots. Um, this is quite an expensive looking vacation here. One of many, apparently. It is crazy to hear how much these vacations cost. Hundreds of thousands of dollars for a vacation in the Adirondacks. I can't even think of how to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on a vacation in the Adirondacks. I wonder if they're always just the two of them on, v on vacation. Do they go with other couples? Do they go, you know, is it always just... I think it's mostly them. Uh, of course, they do have their, their, their rich friends they visit. RJ, here's an excellent one from you. This is a view of the Supreme Court, and it looks very much like the Catholic Church conservatives on the left and the <laughs> mm -hmm. normal liberal folks on the right with a, a partition. Tell us about this one. Church and state. Church and state. Yeah, separate. I've been thinking of it for a while, and um, and putting the curtain at that angle finally solved the problem graphically for me. This was drawn after the opinion overturning Roe v. Wade, which seems to be rooted in a particular religious reading of the origin of life and not really in legal precedent. It does. Who am I to judge, right? I don't really think you needed the curtain to separate them. The The hats yeah. do it for me. Mm -hmm. But this is a I great like the, cartoon. I like the miters. They're very attractive. Miters. 
Uh, here's another one from you, RJ. Here's Clarence Thomas water skiing through the ethics swamp in front of the Supreme Court. It's a great cartoon. He's got his money shirt. I wanted to come up with an image that just showed him having a great time and sort of laughing away any ethical concerns that there might be and kind of laughing at our faces. There's nothing that holds them to account for anything that they do. Right. They're just there for I, I, life. I, I like Ed's they want. drawing with, with, uh, that showed uh, Justice Thomas with the big grin on his face because, uh, I mean, so often he just, he never speaks when in session and uh, rarely asks questions. And he always seems to have, he always seems to be photographed with a very dour look on his face never smiling so we're sort of learning of a different side of him as this uh scandal uh, is reported he's a party unfold. animal yep who knew <laughs> this is a, a rough sketch that you gave me that i guess your your editor didn't take but i thought this was a wonderful cartoon and uh, i would post this and syndicate it just like this i don't think you need to do a finish this is this is great fun so you've got uh Justice Thomas and it looks like Justice Roberts and they've got the ethics jar that you put money into. Justice Thomas says, hey, John, what's this? And John says, it's our new Supreme Court ethics jar. Every time you accept an expensive gift or a luxury trip, you just have to put a dollar in the jar. Who needs actual ethics rules? We can police ourselves and save a little money, too. Then Roberts walks away saying, but be careful, those dollars can add up fast. Ha <laughs> ha. And then Thomas looks both ways and he takes all the money out of the ethics jar. What a wonderful, funny cartoon. I think that's great. It's a great oh, cartoon. I love yeah. it. Great idea. Yeah, you gotta you gotta upload this. I am absolutely fine with your roughs. Uh, really? All right. I've heard that from a lot of people. I still like to put a little more polish in the final art. Um, yeah, it's got it's got energy to it. It's got uh, yeah, yeah. It's always interesting seeing uh, works in progress, you know, of uh, your fellow cartoonists, you know, whose whose work you get to know as polished finishes. Yeah. Well, these these sketches I, are they're really just for me and my editors. I just right as quickly as I can get the idea on paper, you know? So it's it's almost coming out of my Well, this isn't as quick as you can. You're, you're putting in color. Yeah. Um, well, I, 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 I scan it and then slap a little color on in Photoshop. I think it's fun. You know, if you wanted to have a pen name, nobody would know this is you. Um, <laughs> you could you could have another persona. Mm -hmm. I, um, I refine my my cartoons, the sketches, so often, so many times. Uh, and and mo nearly all of my uh, rough drafts are destined for the trash can put out with recycling. But uh, I try to save on the final rough drafts. And uh, I have a couple of times, Daryl, just posted those as is. And uh, yeah, I agree. I often, often the, the, the rough, the rough stuff looks, looks the, sometimes it looks the best because I've, I found myself and maybe others of you felt the same way if you do a lot of refining like I do is that sometimes the more refined the further you the further you get away from the spontaneity sometimes the end result isn't isn't so great that, that's um, that's the good exactly. thing about working digitally you can always go back mm -hmm. yep. to where it's lively well Taylor here's I, one of yours uh, a portrait right. of the whole Supreme Court back when we had Ruth Bader Ginsburg tell us about this one 
I think Kavanaugh's uh, drinking proclivities is pretty, says it all, but I thought I'd add the... So we've got Kavanaugh here in a, in a beer drinking, make America great again hat. And we have Clarence Thomas with the Coca-Cola and the infamous pubic hair that was discussed at the Anita Hill hearings. Indeed. And that, that I mean, you know, that sort of thing is, that has clung to Clarence Thomas for all these years. <laughs> of course, during the Anita Hill hearings, Thomas's most successful effort to defend himself was that he described himself as guilty of a high-tech lynching. And I'm quite sure he would say that again if uh, there was a real effort to impeach him. So I think uh, anything like that is kind of a waste of time. He ought to retire, but of course he won't. Some would fail and probably backfire on those bringing the impeachment. Or at least as a first step, have some ethics rules that have some teeth that they must abide by. Well, Roberts didn't show up. You know, he sent a letter trying to the head of the Senate Judiciary Committee saying that he would, he would decline testifying. So, and um, I guess, I guess he figures uh, they don't need it. They, they, He's uh, beholden I, to no one. So yeah. uh, what the hell? They can't possibly be corrupt. I thought this one was wonderful. This is uh, Clarence Thomas's, his lips are zipped closed mm-hmm. as he's uh, shredding the constitution. Uh, so what, what was happening at this time uh, that was him shredding the constitution Taylor, what what, well, that time what, and every what time, did you have on your mind here? I'm trying to remember. Now, of course, that is my actual uh, spreader, uh, a shredder. Uh, I still have it all these years later. I forget exactly when I did this, but you can be sure that that uh, Thomas was shredding something at the time. Well, uh, you know, whether... some time ago, there were many years when Thomas was famous for not saying a word right. during the Supreme Court sessions. He was silent. And that was just strange because that's their time to ask questions. So well, uh, in a way, talk... being silent is just not doing his job at a time when he should be asking questions. Well, So I... it, it raised lots of questions about why the hell is this guy not saying anything for years after years? And then he suddenly started talking. I can tell that this is a few years old, back when he was silent. Well, Daryl, um, he has and- to talk now because as the senior associate justice, he is the first, uh, uh, tradi- that the tradition is the, the, the senior associate justice asks the first question whenever they meet. Perhaps they would have respect for rules if they were suffering from rules. Monty, here's one of yours. You've got Trump's lawyers talking to Clarence Thomas. It says, not long before January 6, 2021, one of the lawyers says, help us, Justice Thomas. You're our only hope. Justice Thomas <laughs> thinks, sure, pal, and I'll email you my opinion. This is uh, uh, when I saw sort of a glimmer of uh, ethics and jurisprudence from, uh, from Clarence. But because he might be not willing to do something unethical by uh, caving to uh, uh, Trump's uh, lawyers. But imagine my disappointment when, uh, you know, that really wasn't his intent after all. Now that we saw emails and things from Ginny Thomas about how nutty and conspiracy theorist she was and how she was lobbying everyone to try to turn the election over to Trump, the presumption is that the spouse has much the same ideas and yes. of course, I suppose that's kind of sexist to, to make that presumption. But, you know, in this case, I make that presumption. And uh, that's pretty scary. Yeah. So this is the only of, of this whole wheelbarrow load of cartoons here. This is the only one that's remotely uh, says anything positive about uh, uh, Clarence. But uh, 
But in the end, of course, it's not. I like your treatment of uh, Thomas's mustache. I put a lot of work into that. <laughs> yeah. I like it. I, I, it doesn't I look like spontaneous, it. but hey. Very often, Monty, I think of your work as being very much influenced by the Plato extruder. You know how you put yes, a little yes. uh, cap on it and it would squirt out the little... Yes, um, I know. I, yeah, and I, I, I work with ceramics uh, regularly. And I use a, a food grinder to do just exactly that. There are very, very often I see characters that have hair that looks like a big extrusion, like they must have a handle behind them where you're squeezing the Play-Doh through. I don't know I think how that's to great. draw hair any other way. I, I recall eating Play-Doh when I was about five. Is that what happened? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is from Randy Enos. And this oh, is I'll actually quite a an old cartoon uh, that seems especially fresh now. I thought I might repost it. This is uh, back when he was doing linoleum prints and uh, inking the linoleum. He draws this backwards and, and carves in the lettering Clarence Thomas backwards like a mirror. Da Vinci. Crazy. Wow. Time consuming. Yeah. yeah. Great yeah. image though. Here's Pat Bagley. You've got billionaire Crow and he says, my best friend is black. And Thomas <laughs> says, mine is green. I think that's cute. Mm -hmm. Good cartoon. It is. Here's one that I drew a long time ago when the court was debating gay marriage. And I think uh, I could be at risk again. I'm, it's just amazing to me how sex obsessed uh, the conservatives are with all of this. Uh, the trans legislator in Montana yesterday. Uh, uh, I felt so it, bad for her. Zoe Zephyr. Zoe Zephyr. Zoe Zephyr, yes. What What is it that is this crazy passion for them to want to en enforce their their sex ideas on everybody. It's, uh, it's all about which bathroom, who goes to which bathroom. It's because they're obsessed with sex. It, it, they it, are. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if, there, if there's not a lot, a lot of activity in your life, then you know, you know, you're going to be obsessed with it. I think the biggest, when we look back on history, the last, say, 100 years, I think we're going to find the biggest single social and our um, social cultural development was uh, the uh, the pill, bigger than everything, bigger than civil rights, bigger than anything else. Because for one, it 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 uh, it had a lot to do with allowing uh, a lot of young women to go to college, seek careers, where uh, it, for instance, uh, the marriage age began to rise precipitously after the pill. And uh, I, it is uh, the pill and later abortion brought the Catholic clergy together with the evangelicals. I remember this from history. I was only eight years old at the time, but I remember in 1960 that, that the most important speech JFK gave was to uh, a, the, the Southern Baptist Convention meeting in Houston, Texas, where he had to assure them that he wasn't a papist. And, uh, uh, but... Ten, you fast forward 10 or 12 years to Roe v. Wade, and you have these two groups of uh, individuals, uh, the Catholic uh, hierarchy and, and the evangelicals, all uh, uh, you know, singing from the same page. And the whole point is to not have young people have sex. They still want that. that they want to keep it from happening as long as they possibly I, can. I, some time ago, I read that book, Freakonomics where yeah, they had a chapter point. devoted to how abortion had really been the major change agent in, in society and was responsible for driving down crime because it was crime-ridden families that tended to have more abortions. And 
that mm. was quite controversial. It made people angry about the book. Um, but these do seem to be the society changing kinds of issues related to sex that obsess the conservatives. And uh, I think the whole, whole notion of this obsession is really scary. The case, the Supreme Court case of just a couple, two, three years ago, the cake baker in Colorado. And that always struck me as really should be a First Amendment case uh, of free speech, not uh, freedom of religion. Because, of course, that's why I drew a cake here. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, well, right. But, you know, you can, uh, um, as far as I'm concerned, he had every right to have a cake, in a big cake in his display case to say, God hates all, and he can add the word, but that doesn't mean he should not be able to serve a gay couple wanting his services. There's two different things. And, and, but the court treated it as, you know, this freedom of religion, which of course seems to me our high court's notion of freedom of religion is the freedom to exclude. Yes, exclude people that do not conform to their uh, religious ideas, their sex ideas, uh, sexual enforcement. I think it's all very scary. So here's John Darko. He's got Justice Thomas on, on the scales held up by the Statue of Liberty. Great looking Statue of Liberty. And Justice Thomas, of course, is weighting down the scales saying we are not political hacks. Uh, I like this cartoon. This is a great cartoon. And, I love that drawing. Uh, and he draws on this textured paper that looks like it's on canvas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Statue of Liberty is just great. I look the view great. of her nose. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, As always, his his renderings in pencil are just terrific. Really good. Here is John Darko drawing Harlan Crow and uh, Clarence Thomas on the fancy boat, the Bribery Coast. And Thomas, who has a big Audi belly button, which I see is the central <laughs> point of this cartoon. Uh, I think this whole cartoon is really about his Audi belly button. And Justice Thomas says, it's in the justice's opinion that the rules don't apply to me. This is great. Love it. I don't think I have ever drawn an Audi belly button. <laughs> Me neither. I think it's time for us all to do that. Now I don't think I've ever put a belly button in any of my cartoons. I can't think of yeah, I wonder if he did some research. Or, uh, <laughs> yeah. It's actually correct. May have just been navel gazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anatomically no, This is a navel cartoon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, another Darko cartoon. Uh, the janitors are cleaning up in the Supreme Court room, and one of them says, "That's Justice Thomas's chair. Harlan Crow bought it for him, and it is quite a expensive golden chair." Harlan Crow is getting to be quite the cartoon character too. So here's a Ginny cartoon from Bob Englehart. We we have a whole bunch of great Ginny cartoons, and Ginny is such a foul cartoon character that there have just been a ton of Ginny cartoons. Uh, so Ginny saying, stop the steal. QAnon and Clarence is following up with the garbage to sweep up the poop she leaves behind. I don't think he really takes that role. I think he's fully on board. Yeah, yeah I agree with you, yeah. Daryl. I think that's kind of a hopeful image there. Yeah, <laughs> Ginny should always be depicted in that ugly green dress, that dowager dress in that famous photograph or that famous group of photographs. That particular kind of, of push garbage can with the sweeper and thing is traditional in cartoons for following the parade to sweep up after the horses and elephants and things, right? Yep. That's yeah. right. Yep. And then, uh, the Rocky and Bullwinkle fractured <laughs> fairy tales. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, it's a trope I've used at least four or five times in, in here. various reasons. Yeah. So just to be clear, it was the poop that he had in mind. Right. <laughs> well, I, would yeah. have, I would have added the, the poop. BS, I'd say, right? Yeah. 
The BS. The BS. It's demeaning, but he's demeaned himself already. So mm -hmm. that's all here's another Englehart cartoon. You've got the the conservative justices, <laughs> and each is saying, "We tried everything to stop abortion. We tried prayer. We tried shaming. We tried guilt. Now we're trying cruelty." Indeed, they are. I was going to say that, of course, you can't see it here because the, the the figure of Coney Barrett is small, and and, and her eyes are black. Her irises are black here, but. She definitely has the uh, the eyes of a fanatic. Uh, she does. Uh, she has crazy eyes. Yeah, they're just this burning, burning, you know, ember, uh, mm -hmm. uh, pale, pale blue. And I found that generally people with eyes like that indeed have, indeed have extreme views. Huh? Hadn't thought of that. You can find that goes back. That goes back to John Brown. I mean, obviously long before. But there are Matthew Brady photos of John Brown. And he mm -hmm. has these crazy burning eyes of a fanatic. I recall in your earlier cartoon, you had some really crazy eyes on John Roberts. Yeah. Remember the old um, uh, Peanuts strips where Linus at one point decided he wanted to be a fanatic. And he was drawn with those <laughs> same eyes with a very simple Charles Schultz style. Those yeah. are strips I remember reading when I must have been eight, nine years old. And I, I decided <laughs> then and there I would never be a fanatic. Are you are you not a fanatic then? <laughs> no. Okay, good. Good. I should add here that I describe and read the cartoons because so many of our listeners are getting an audio only podcast. If you want to watch the video podcast and see the cartoons, you can go to YouTube or Apple Podcasts or Spotify where we have it in video. You can go to kegel.com and see it on the front page or go to kegelcast.com. But here we have a giant Clarence Thomas with Uncle Sam. And it says the Senate Judiciary Committee investigate Clarence Thomas. And Uncle Sam says, do you know a good lawyer? Mm -hmm. That's another optimistic <laughs> cartoon because I don't, optimistic. there's no chance that he's going to have to deal with any of that junk or need a lawyer. He's just got impunity. He's self-policed. Self well, you know, yeah. going back to earlier points you made about Clarence Thomas being so reticent, especially in his early years in the court. Well, a rap against him when he was first nominated is he really had very little experience uh, of any very little judicial experience, I think wasn't he? He'd been Bush had hired him. Bush forty one had hired him to head the I think the EEOC. And I wonder if he was kind of afraid to say anything the first twenty years because he he was he was having to, you know, kind of get up to speed. So you're saying that he had nothing to say because uh, he didn't say anything because he had nothing to say. Is there exactly. a proverb that says even a fool is uh, counted as intelligent when he keeps his mouth shut. And well, this is the case here, apparently. There are exceptions to the rule. Yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. here's Naked Thomas with his robe that's labeled ethics. And He's covering up his Thomas belly button, no too. <laughs> Oh, yes, his Audi. Well, it's a pretty big Audi. Big. Okay, here's uh, Clarence Thomas with wife Ginny about to blow up the <laughs> Capitol with her TNT on January 6th. And Thomas says, people should just live with the outcomes they don't like. Isn't that right, dear? <laughs> yeah. I like Jenny's buttocks here. Great. It's always good to use the cartoon that quotes or paraphrases something actually said. Yeah. I, um, I don't think it was Thomas who said that, but it might have been Alito, but it doesn't matter. It came from the bench. I only see one buttock. Here's one that I did, but uh, Clarence Thomas, he's like a jack in the box, and Ginny Thomas pops out of his jack-in-the-box head it says pop goes the weasel 
Uh, and of course, that means Ginny Thomas is the weasel and she's on his mind. And uh, I thought I had lots of good metaphors in here and people didn't get it. I got uh, letters from people saying, what the hell? And what's this? I like your Ginny and your Clarence. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, what's to get? It's, it's, uh, it's great. Yeah. She's the weasel. All right. Here's another Darko cartoon with Ginny seditionist Thomas under Clarence Thomas's robe. She says, pay no attention to the lady behind the robe. That's good. That's a good yep. variation. Yeah, good good image. Variation on the Wizard of Oz thing. Yep. Yeah. It is. I like the angle face in a way, the angle you hardly ever draw shoes at. Yeah. Um, all right. So here's uh, Bob Englehart, and he's drawn a uterus with the names in uh, stencil font, as I guess it's been stenciled on the uterus, property of all of the conservative justices. This is a cartoon that I would guess no editor printed. Yeah. What I do did, you guys think? I did, I did a uterus cartoon and nobody printed it. It seems that <laughs> nobody wants to print uteruses. <laughs> is it yes, uteruses? They... Well, it depends. It looks vaguely like a, a, uh, a cow skull, as uteruses do. Well, say anything you want on this one, because I'll probably edit out the whole thing. <laughs> what do you, it have looks, you ever looks drawn like somebody, a... It's like somebody doing this. I, it is. Oh, okay. <laughs> it is. Oh, then that's good, it's, then. Or a Rorschach test. Oh. Has anybody else drawn uterus cartoons? No. No, never. I'm going to start. Well, uh, you know, when you do it, you're doing it just for yourself. <laughs> okay, all of that gets edited out. I'm going to use it with a, with an Oz theme. Okay. that. Uh, all right. RJ, here's your AmeriQAnon Gothic. <laughs> RJ, tell us about this one. I think this is this great. Is Good looking. That's Jenny. one of those puns <laughs> you got to see rather than read out loud. <laughs> I guess it is. We have Jimmy yeah, wearing the clothes of the QAnon shaman um, <laughs> with a release the Kraken button and a Trump one and voter fraud buttons, her big Q, her big J6 button, stop the steal. This is a very funny right. cartoon. And, and, and it's and great. Clarence great Thomas not really betraying any emotion. We can't tell. No. no emotion. We can't tell if he's embarrassed by her or a true believer like her. Nice characters of both of them. Yeah. Well, of course, that, that's nice. true, RJ. But of course, every chance he has, he likes to say that she is his best friend and soulmate. So True. And true. she does have fanatical eyes. Not only are the gifts that he's receiving problematic, but I think the fact that most of these justices take speaking fees and speak to political organizations is problematic. And if if I'm if we're going to form a committee of cartoonists to write new ethics rules for the Supreme Court, I don't think that Supreme Court justices should be associating with any any political groups and being paid to give speeches. There's a there, there's an accusation that the media is liberal and there's a liberal bias, and you can't really get a job or you can't get published. You can't work in media if you're not liberal. But um, I went to the kind of college that the Supreme Court justices went to, and I know from experience, knowing the conservative kids, that if one of them, like, well, uh, Neil Gorsuch went to my college and he wanted to start a conservative magazine, um, money, money appears, not from the college, but from a whole network of, of rich philanthropists, conservative who were who developed talent. So these kids learn early on that they can adopt 
political positions, write papers, and get funded. And it's just part of this ecosystem that they grow up in. So um, it's what they do their whole life, you know. And why why should that change? I guess they think why should that change once they're on the Supreme Court? But I like to think once you're appointed to the Supreme Court, you should be out of the political game that got you there in the first place. And uh, that was supposed can... to be the point of the lifetime appointments. Yeah, and I'm willing to pay these guys a million dollars a year so they don't tempted to get the money, but they should just stop it, you know. Well, I think uh, I think that Thomas, of course, revealed his guilt in this matter by what is it? He would report. He did report the tires that somebody uh, somebody sent him, you know, uh, but uh, but not the half million dollar trip. Right. Uh, uh, by the way, RJ, I, I just I keep looking at the reflection at the top of uh, uh, Thomas's forehead here. I just it's just great. <laughs> I was well, too nice. um, you know. I, I painting in Photoshop it just allows me to be a little more painterly, and I and I mess around with oil paint brushes and blending brushes so I can get these effects. I always wanted to work in oil paint in the old days, uh, but I could never get the, the the drawing to dry fast enough to turn it into a <laughs> on deadline. So this is really a fun time for me uh, to to have a computer finally that can work quickly and um, and have all these new techniques available. Well, this looks great. Yeah. This is by Chris Wyant, and Justice Thomas is saying, I don't believe in the power of a woman to choose her unborn child. That power belongs only to a man. That's hmm. uh, a, it's a good, ugly cartoon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Here, you've got another Wyant cartoon. Ginny is pulling out the thread, taking apart his robes and his legitimacy and she says the greatest heist in our history biden crime family there are no rules in war release the kraken that release the kraken is is just nuts it's always good to use their own words in the cartoon and not <laughs> put words in someone's mouth although we do enjoy a unique place in journalism where we're the only people allowed to make up things to put in people's mouths that's true <laughs> that is true but it's like a it's like you should it's a power you should use responsibly and with restraint it's mm, always funnier good. to take their own words and turn them against them with a great image i think well i've so. got a bumper sticker on my car that says draw responsibly <laughs> that's great i love it so here's the dave webman cartoon and Ginny is the Ginny in the bottle and uh she says, I love MAGA people. The left is attempting the greatest heist in history. Do not concede fire everybody. And the Republican elephant says, so uh, any chance we can put Ginny back in the bottle? She would say those things. Mm -hmm. And here, uh, Dave Granlin draws uh, Thomas with a um, coat hanger. Going to have to hang up his robe for some recess. And he's taking his free luxury trips every year for many years as the baggage piles up on him. Daryl, question, uh, over the years, do you find that editors are kind of reluctant to publish coat hanger cartoons? I know I've done a few, and does it just bother them or not? I think in general, now the trend has been to avoid anything that is controversy and people are gonna disagree with. So we see less of that. All right, here's our new cartoonist, Frank Hansen. 
And he's got Sammy DeBull Alito who says, on the contrary, this is 100% personal and 0% legal. As he's got the typical U.S. lady with her feet in cement about to be uh, <laughs> thrown into the river. And Clarence, the Cadillac Thomas says, I'll be on the Lido deck. <laughs> I think that's cute. Here we've got uh, Clarence Thomas tripping off the plane in this Caturba cartoon. GOP donor luxury trips. Nothing to see here as he's caught tripping out of the plane. And another Wyant cartoon. Order, order, a la carte. And I think Clarence is ordering vacations and real estate from Harlan Crow again. Here he's tripping over his ethics in his Zyglas cartoon. Mm -hmm. That's all the cartoons we got, gentlemen. I have a comment on ethics in general. And I'll start it with the word oftentimes. And when I start it with the word oftentimes, and I sound like a rabbi or a minister or something, but I will anyway. Oftentimes, we find ourselves maybe in a compromising position or potentially compromising position going along. And then, and then at some point we realize that, hey, this is an ethically compromising position. And then we do one of three things, which I think Clarence has done. Uh, one, we say, oh, this is against my personal ethics. And then we make a change or we apologize or whatever we has to do. And the, the, the second thing would be, this appears unethical and I don't want to look unethical, so I'll make a change. And the third thing is, I don't care, which is what Clarence has done. So we can only conclude that years of power uh, have corrupted him and his wife, and they are ethically blind. That's my conclusion. Perhaps he's bitter after his confirmation hearings and Anita Hills and half the country being disgusted with him. Maybe his bitterness has led to his seeming indifference. Anita Hill was right. I think Republicans, conservatives in general, are more um, comfortable with hypocrisy. It doesn't mean that Democrats and liberals are any less less hypocritical, but I think if uh, Al Franken were a Republican, he'd still be sitting in the Senate. I think they're, they're just okay with it. You know, it's kind of like, I remember uh, when, when some, one of the things that growing up my, you know, you always got in trouble if you're, my brother and I, accused my parents of hypocrisy. You know, that was a bad line not to cross. But of course, was the, so the adage, you know, do as I say, not as I do. And I think that's something very much embraced by, uh, by people like Clarence Thomas. Mm -hmm. I will say one thing in Thomas's favor. He has a lovely speaking voice. I enjoy yes, listening yes, to him. I think kind of a gravelly, arrogant voice. Well, Darth Vader-ish. <laughs> Well, yes. Jones, you know, so. No, it's just a sorry state of affairs when uh, we're drawing cartoons about members of the Supreme Court for ethics concerns. And when there is no recourse and there are no checks and balances, the founding fathers created a system of government with checks and balances. But if one branch of government decides to ignore the other two, that hardly allows the checks and balances to flourish. So what we're left with is just shame and ridicule. All right, I guess this show is over. <laughs> Gentlemen, thank you so much. Everybody, please remember to subscribe to the KegelCast. Subscribe to the KegelCast wherever you're watching this. And uh, our KegelCast is available in both video and audio versions. So if you didn't see the cartoons, go to kegel.com or Apple Podcasts or YouTube or Spotify to watch the video. And we look forward to seeing you next time. And uh, gentlemen, thank you again for being here. Thanks thank you, Daryl. Thanks. Pleasure.